Welcome to Stop Back and Roll, a podcast about two people who've been working on a podcast for more than five years bickering about basic terminology. I'm Brandon. And I'm James. And today we'll be talking about what games really care about and how to advance it. It has been a minute since we recorded this podcast. It has been. Um, but we're back, baby. Don't anyone think that while we weren't doing this podcast that I was doing any game design, though. Uh, I've kept I, up. I have been. I've kept up my not doing any game design. I've actually not done much game design. I've done I've done writing. Yeah. Which is game design. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that I've done some game running. I've done, I'm like, weirdly, I'm at a point in my life where I have more regular games than I've ever had ever. That's wild. And someone texted me the other day and was like, hey, do you want to run some D&D for my friends? And I was like, you know, I actually wouldn't hate that, but (laughs) (laughs) you particularly caught me at a point in my life where I'm in like three ongoing games. I've got like three or four different like writing things and like almost no running things. Although I'm going to have to pick up Protean City again at some point. (laughs) Eh, we got time. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got some flexibility on. We've there, built but, some uh, some redundancy into that a little bit. So got some backlog possibilities. Yeah, oh, so nice. Yeah, yeah. Not like real backlog, but yeah, scheduling backlog. Yeah. So. Oh. Um. So let me let me tell you. But yeah, games. Who needs them, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Games. <laughs> um. Let me tell you about how. I'm gonna. So so we took some notes on some stuff that we were gonna talk about. Uh, I took some notes, and I don't like know that four I... Four weeks ago. Four weeks ago, and I don't know if they were super um, uh, good notes, but I want to talk through and then try to figure out how to get to this concept that I wanted to ask you a question about. Um, I, can, I can tell you, thinking about the notes that I saw, that, uh, that my answer to them... Is yes. Is, uh, hold up, yes, yes... No, yes. Oh, I don't know if there were three <laughs> questions there. Uh, I feel like there's. I feel like there's three things I can answer okay. to, and I think I said four answers. Oh, whatever, I can't count. <laughs> Public schools. Um. So okay. So this all Public schools are great. Yeah. I yeah. I don't. I regret nothing about my education. Um. We okay. So bring yourself back, dear listeners, to April twenty sixth. When I decided I wanted to talk about this, um, I am reading Twitter and You're doom scrolling. I'm doom scrolling, and across my feed comes Viditia talking about character relationships and how this game by somebody um, that isn't even out yet, Passiones Passiones, um, is a game that cares about character relationships. Um, James. James, you can't pitch my game that people are already aware of <laughs> and not talk about Viditia's like fantastic uh, Twitter feed and give the give the at V I D I T Y A V O L E T I. Go follow him; he's fantastic. Look, I'm just assuming that everyone listening to this already does. Um, but yes, you I, should I, I guess that's fair. I guess I shouldn't make that assumption. Um, 
And actually, I kind of zig off of this this the the, the Vidivia's Twitter feed pretty quickly, but still want to make sure. Yes. Um, and so the thread is about how Pestinos Pestinos cares about character relationships and codifies it as more than just a. Um, it's not just like an HX uh, stat or like a like a mm-hmm. lot of games just sort of water down relationships into into one stat. Like uh, masks kind of has, do you have influence over them? Is like the one. Yeah. It's kind of a very simple system. Um, and I forget exactly. This is where I'm a little blurry. Uh, but at some point, I started about thinking about character advancement. Um, because because some of what Passion de los Passionos does is you you well I guess I don't I don't I don't even say that because I, it's been a minute it's been a while since I read that game but I was thinking about character advancement and like I do when I am thinking about games I came back to masks um, okay and I was thinking about what does masks or what do like I was thinking about what is the interesting thing what like when games have mechanics for things, like it's a thing we've talked about a bunch that when games have mechanics for things, you can tell it's a thing that the game cares about because that's the thing that it focuses on. Something like Dungeons and Dragons has a lot of game, has a lot of mechanics about combat because it's a game about combat. Um, yeah. Passion de los Passiones has a lot of, ga- com- has a lot of rules about character interactions because it's a game about those character interactions and you're and yes. all of the drama and relationships that come out of those things. And and so I was thinking about what games kind of, fo- and I and so I, and I think that it's also fair to say that a lot of I'm trying to remember exactly how I got to this point, but like Dungeons and Dragons is a game that cares about character advancement because you go do things and you get golden experience points. That thing that you do is killing monsters because it's Dungeons and Dragons, but like. Or you're role playing, like because the guess technically you can get experience points from role playing, or expl- or exploring, or exploring the three pillars. Um, but you're getting the three experience pillars, only one points, of which exists, and those experience points let you do things that advance your character and give them more yes. abilities and stuff like that. But my hypothesis is that a game like Masks cares less about advancement because fundamentally so like the way that your character grows and changes in masks is through the shifting of your labels and and which labels can and do shift because that's the thing that there are a lot of mechanics for there's a lot of there's a lot of moves that shift your labels as all of the moves use your labels and so and all of the adults in the world are telling you about how the world is and they're shifting your labels so the thing that happens a lot is you shifting your you're shifting your labels and shifting your own view of yourself that's like the core way your your character can change over time and sure when you fail roles you get potential and get more abilities but those abilities don't really change who you are they sort of progress your story. I think maybe this is what I was coming at a little bit was they sort of progress the story of the playbook a little bit because, and like certain playbooks do this more. Like when you right the doomed, the doomed pushes, yeah, things that has a whole other, have like a yeah. very direct line that they're following. But so that you're, but, but as opposed to like my understanding of how Passion dos Passiones works is like your advancements is, is more about pushing you through to sort of key story moments. As you sort of advance. 
Can I tell you a secret? Yeah. Pasión dos pasiones has advancement because when people play a campaign game, they want new toys to play with. Okay. Like yeah, but that's what there was a time that I was looking at it that I was going like, Pasión dos pasiones doesn't need advancement. It doesn't care at all about advancement, yeah. right? Um, which I think is true. It doesn't care about advancement because you know it cares about telling the story yeah. and it gives you some tools to do that. Uh, but you, we don't care if Lampleyot is more. Im- powerful at the end of this <laughs> well i do but <laughs> isn't that more fun though G- give line play a sword can you is there a is there a sorry this is a wild tangent <laughs> in my already tangent tangent is there a okay. is there a change playbooks advancement yeah can you yeah. Could, so you could change from lampliata to el jefe oh yeah absolutely oh my god that's have, so good have you um have you watched queen of the south i haven't no oh my god okay so it's really really good uh, content warnings for like everything yeah. uh, i've heard like just every it's it's really dark it's really upsetting but it is that it is lime playata mm-hmm. that turns into el jefe and it's so good yeah that's good um oh, i love it which is where like you yeah so uh, that's 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 how i feel about masks masks feels like a game that doesn't care about advancement because masks is a game so interesting because masks masks is a game about teenagers changing the way that they feel about themselves and the way that the world feels about them and that cycle could continue forever like there's no there's no end to that until you decide to graduate i i feel like i disagree because i feel like masks is about finding your identity like uh like the end of session move has you ask like mm-hmm. are you growing into your image of yourself um most of many of the many of not most of uh the advancements will like lock a label yeah um and like you get adult moves that do like fundamentally change how you play the game which we weirdly at protean city comics have <laughs> been allergic we, to yeah, why would we ever do that i will tell you <laughs> That I do agree that locking your labels is advancement in masks. I think that because yeah. because again, the thing that I think that masks is most interested in is that mechanic of how you see yourself. And so when you yeah. lock a label, that's your character advancement advancing. The rest of it is just doing mechanical stuff for the sake of we expect mechanical stuff to happen. But like really progressing your character is locking the label. That's the true advancement. I mean, like it has, it has the the standard PBTA thing of uh, of characters grow sideways, not up. That they uh, that like you increase the breadth of your options, you don't get better. Yeah. Um. Which is- it's. I'm trying to remember what uh, what podcast it was. Someone said that in Apocalypse World, advances are just another knife to juggle, and your character <laughs> just juggles more and more knives until they die. And uh, I love that because that is totally what it is. It's just more ways to screw yourself over. Yeah. If you look at masks um, above the line for five advances, you have rearrange your labels. Oh wait, I'm looking at I'm looking at the brain, which is like the one, <laughs> the one that's super weird and has slightly different advances. Why do I only have the brain and the gladiator downloaded to my computer? <laughs> okay, look at the harbinger now. Oh, this also. Do we did are are there fewer label locks than I think there are? I think you can lock all but one of them. Um, because it also doesn't say it, but every time you 
you use your moment of truth. You, you lock yeah. the label. Okay. So you you add you add to labels without locking them sometimes. Yeah. Most of the time. But that just lets you have swingier. Yeah, that, that just that labels. well that makes you better. That advances you, right? Like when you add a plus one, regardless of where you add it, that's making you better essentially at everything. Yeah. Right? Like it just like makes you better situational like because like your situation will change, your labels will shift around. But that is an advancement that is making you better. And if we assume that playbook moves are better than basic moves, which is like a core assumption that PBTA has, mm-hmm. isn't always well put together, but generally a playbook move is better than their basic move, then those also like advance you, right? But also it's true. So like it is true that adding a plus one to your labels um, advances you, but that's different than if you were to take a stat advance in urban shadows, because if you take like add plus one to your heart, your heart stat in urban shadows, it stays there (laughs) because it's a stat advance. And so it always does that. And so, yes, adding a plus one to your labels makes you generally better, but it only puts that generally better into the whirlwind of all of your labels are shifting all the time. That's true, except you're also probably starting to, like, lock some stuff. Right, which is, you know? again, I think, the real secret advancement. I don't, so I, I guess, like, what we're talking about in terms of advancement, like, do we mean becoming more powerful or, like, having more narrative control? Um, I would say, what is the, what is the core way in which your character changes over time? Because like, because in D&D or in Quest or in a sort of more traditional fantasy game, the thing that changes over time is that you level up, you get new abilities, you can do new cool things. Like your, the rest of your stuff doesn't change is like like there's no because because a game like Dungeons and Dragons doesn't usually track your how you feel about yourself mechanically like that doesn't have to change like it can change but the game is not driving that change versus a game like uh, like masks ha- like the core way that your character changes is because of the way that you see yourself changes and when and sometimes Sometimes you lock that and you don't change it anymore because you've settled in on that this, that that version of yourself. Um, and in- so, so I guess I guess for me, like I'm looking at masks almost like specifically. Like I, th- I think there are definitely games that don't have advancement, right? Yeah. Or that like advancement isn't a thing. Masks seems like one of the games where advancement is almost most important. Because it's mo- it's like so much about growing into yourself, right? And so, like taking a move from your playbook or someone else, taking a feature, all of those things, those are the same as D anD. d That's it's the same as getting like you know, okay. Uh, but when you rage, you're, you get protected. Right? Admi- so okay, so admittedly, this is a weirdly unique to maybe to us experience. But like, I have jammed a lot of characters in yeah. Party and City, and like. I, without outing anyone in particular, I know players who have chosen not to mark advancement, not to 
to mark potential because the person in question did not because because at the end of the marking potential line is eventually you have to give up your character and the person doesn't want to do that and so they chose not to mark potential or marked it but then didn't do anything with it because they didn't want to advance but i also wouldn't say that those characters didn't advance because they are shifting labels they are changing the character they are moving forward with the story even with okay so so you I think you're using advance for two different concepts. Okay. And confusing those because of that. Like if we're thinking, if we say like, if if we're saying like leveling up, like changing in a way that like makes you more powerful. No, I'm definitely not saying that. That's, that's like what D and D does that masks clearly does that every, every game with leveling up does that. Right. If you're calling your character changing advancement, then like, but but that's what then, yes. The, like the core, that's but like the core way that your character changes in D anD D is that you get experience points and you go through the leveling up system to get more powerful. Like the core way that your character changes in Dungeons and Dragons, like the like if you look at like level one character from Critical Role versus level twenty character from Critical Role, like the core thing that's different about those characters is the the level twenty character is more powerful. But that's yes. not true. Necess- I mean, it is sort of true it is of true. Mask's characters. But like, that's not the core way they changed. The core way they changed is that they shifted their labels. They locked how they think about themselves. As a sort of side thing, they picked up some more power. But I don't think that, like, no one goes into a game of Mask going, gee, I hope that I advance because I want to get more powerful. But you literally can't... You can't hit retire or become a paragon without becoming more powerful yeah but i don't think that i don't think that masks i don't think that masks cares about you retiring because that's not i don't see that as part of its character advancement that's just the way to like stop you from playing i mean i think it does i think it i think it is intended to play like I, i think that masks is intended to play a specific thing that you're you're seeing a comic run essentially of this young hero with the understanding that like at the end of it they're going to be a big hero right um and so like like if if i think you can't say something about masks sure I can. when you're talking you're about me. someone ignoring the rules okay you know like if you say masks doesn't care about advancement because one person didn't want to take an advancement but what I'm saying, I guess... What, like, what you, you've broken the warranty, right? Yeah. Like, I think what I'm like, saying is... That, it still so that's, worked. It still is a game that functions. But that's what, I, that's what I'm saying is that... What, what I think what I'm trying to say is that this char- this person in particular broke... They filed the rules off. They broke the rules. They voided yeah. the warranty. But the character still felt like they were advancing through their story. Because the part of the rules that the person broke were not the part of the rules that the game is particularly interested in. So let's say that we played D&D and we ignored experience. Yeah. Um, we, we kept, like, we maintained balanced encounters and, like, paid attention to the party level, and we, we still got gold and stuff like that. Your character would still change. They'd change extremely slowly. Yeah. 
But, like, eventually they'd have enough gold that they're able to get to buy themselves a magic weapon. But I would argue... Crazy lucky on a treasure roll. I would argue that that's, like, a much more dramatic change, though, than just not advancing your character in masks. I don't know. I mean, like, it's... It's, I feel like it's it's tough to say. Like, I, I think D&D is very much like, you know, a power treadmill, but uh, which is not a bad thing. It's just what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, no value statements here. But like, that. Masks seems specifically like a game about advancement to me. Like, it's, it's like just, okay, it's so let's so say it's Passion, it right? Yeah. Like, Passion, you, you get new moves. Mm-hmm. Um, you can change your question. Uh, you can change your conditions. Um, by getting new moves, you're theoretically more powerful because you have more options. But that's the advancement system. That's the system that you have decided to call advancement. How do characters really change in Passion de Passiones? They kind of don't. But I mean... They 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 don't because uh, telenovelas don't... I mean, like, okay. telenovelas care about the advancement of, like, someone coming to, like, an emotional new state. But so would I wouldn't say that like the way that the characters change is through the way that their relationships without the way that their relationships with other people change. But but that doesn't mean that advance that leveling up didn't happen and that leveling up isn't important because I think that that it's both things that like masks. Okay, D and D's rules are concerned with uh, leveling up. Mm-hmm. Masks rules are concerned with leveling up and changing relationships. Passion's rules are concerned with changing relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, because Masks is a game about becoming more powerful. Um, like, yeah, I, I, see, I, I fundamentally disagree with that. But. <laughs> okay, so, uh, James, you just got an advancement. Yeah. Do you want to take a move from your playbook, becoming more powerful? Take a move from another playbook, becoming more powerful. Uh, add plus one to a label while someone permanently loses influence over you, becoming more powerful. Uh, you're the Janus right see, now. I, 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 see, I would define like something like uh, take influence away from somebody. That's less to me about being more powerful and more about being more sure of yourself. Because That also adds plus one to a label, though. Right. But again, I don't. I so objectively, I see, I, like, I, I right? see what you're saying, <laughs> but I don't think that that's the point. The point is the the remove influence because the influence system is the system in which the game that the game uses to change the way that you see yourself by telling you how the world sees you. And so when you remove influence, you're you're advancing your character in that they now have one fewer people, one fewer person who can influence the way they see themselves. But that also is making you more powerful because it's saying like in a narrative sense, in a social sense, there's someone who can no longer control you. That feels to me like you're taking this, you're taking something and and just defining it as powerful. I mean, which maybe okay. is so what like, I'm doing with the word advancement. But <laughs> It is. <laughs> so like, let's say someone has influence over you, right? Uh, and they use their influence to ch- to change your labels. Mm-hmm. That could cause you to mark a condition. Uh, if your labels are at the far ends, right? It could also cause you to mark a condition if you reject and you fail the role, right? So 
them permanently losing influence removes two different scenarios where you could mark a condition. So it's like armor, mm. you know? It's like very specific. That feels like a really situational armor. That feels like I mean, that feels true in a way that you are forcing it into the power framework, which doesn't feel I, right to me. But it also adds one to a label. Right. But again, that that feels like a, a, a side effect, not the intended part of the rules. But it, it's a thing it does. The thing it does, James. I know. Uh, rearrange your labels as you choose and add plus one to a label. Does that make you more powerful? I don't know. Yes, I don't. Because you're adding one to a label. Unlock your moment of truth, which locks one of your labels. I guess. You, you said yourself that locking yeah, a label yeah, makes yeah, you more yeah. powerful. Yeah. I, well, it's, I, again, I don't think that locking your label makes you more powerful. It makes you more solid, which I think is the okay, progression system. Like characters and masks. You. Characters. So, the, okay, okay, okay. So, this is, this is, this is maybe, maybe I'll frame it this way. Characters and masks progress from characters who do not know who they are to characters who know who they are. Along that trip, there's like a, 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 a perpendicular line of them getting more powerful. But that is not the point of the, the progression of their story. Because the progression of their story, the way they advance through the story of the character, is by learning who they are and stopping other people from defining who they are. Yes, and the framework of a teen superhero story or a young superhero story is to figure out who you are and that lets you become more powerful. Like, think of okay. any like character intro story, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, from superheroes. They start off and they don't know what they're doing and Iron Man's going like and almost falling down and Miles Morales is stuck to the side of a building. And then at the end of it, they're like, I understand who I am as a person. That means I can punch better. And so I think that it it is interested in getting that punch better. Yeah. Because the story that a introductory superhero story is telling is one that you get better at punching. Usually through understanding yourself as a person. Yeah, I'm skeptical. <laughs> I still feel like that's a, that's a side effect of, of knowing who you are and not the way around. I, I'm, okay, I'm, so I'm skeptical of putting them on the same level. Do you think that taking a move is about learning who you are? Probably not, right? Um, I'd have to go back and look through the moves more closely because admittedly, I'm, I I want to say I want to say that move picking up playbook moves is about giving you more tools with which to interact with your world that isn't just adults telling you who you are right so but but so like getting a new spell would in D raises your power right yeah and so like getting a taking a move is a similar thing um that isn't like directly related to your relationship with yourself necessarily right um for uh let's use the doomed because that's the one you're probably most familiar with you've got three take a move from another playbooks you've got uh get burn in three flares and you've got unlock your moment of truth. All five of those are pretty much like raw power. Right. Yeah. So you can get, you can retire, become a paragon without choosing one of the, like the softer get to know yourself abilities. Cause like you could take the moves. Uh, I have a dog now 
and I have a spaceship now, and I get to pick up cool loot now. How do you advance in Passion de los Passiones? Like what, what causes you to mark advancement or change your character? So there's two systems, right? Um, there's the core system, which is every episode you advance once. Um, because Passion does not care about advancement. Mm-hmm. And so it is a nice, simple way to give you a new treat on your character and pull out something new. And it's a fun little thing. There's also the audience uh, method that is like kind of like a supplementary, like optional me- rule, which is the, you know, pe- basically people cheering you mm-hmm. in various specific ways for pe- playing to theme. Um, but again, that's encouraging people to play to theme, not really caring about advancement. Yeah. Because like the thing I was thinking about just then was like in Dungeons and Dragons, if you want to advance your character, like the very clear thing to do is go do the things that get you experience points. It's a very like, yeah, it's a very push button receive reward that drives you straight through your your advancement, tr- like your power gaining track um, yeah. in masks. You get potential when you fail, which is not a thing you really have control over. And then Passion is yeah. actually the most passive if you're just getting an advance every time you play the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, is, which is why I set them up kind of like, this is why, why I was describing them in yeah, that way, right? Yeah, okay. I, I, I'm starting to, to agree that maybe there's a little bit of a, a degrees thing there, but... Because, like, this is silly because masks isn't that kind of system. Yeah. But... If if you and me were going to go PvP in masks, mm-hmm. would you rather play a character with zero advances or with all of their advances except for become a paragon? Um, if you're just trying to win. I don't know. That's a hard question. How dare you, tri- no, like, how dare like, you trick me into this? Um, no, but like, like be real on which it, right? Would be, like, I, I guess... Are you saying you, like we're not saying what'll be most fun? We're not saying what'll be most narratively interesting. We're saying you want to win the fight. But I, I don't think that Mass is a game that's interested in who's going to win the fight. It isn't. But like, if the question is like, is there power advancement? You know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not saying that there isn't power advancement, but that's saying that's like saying, okay, you're choose between two playbooks. Like, if you had to choose between El Jefe and Lampleada, which of them would win in a car race? <laughs> no, well, neither of those actually have specific abilities related to a car race. I but would couldn't El Jefe because she's in over her car. <laughs> yeah, but faster car, like, there's no stats for that. Right, no stats for car. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I Lime Playata's in over her head. I'd rather be Lime Playata. <laughs> okay. But that's what I'm saying. Like that's that sounds like to me. Like asking which of these two masks characters would win in a fight sounds like which of these two Passion de Passiones characters would win in a car race. Like it's a yeah, totally unrelated thing. Like, yes, there's an answer, okay. but like that's not what the game is cares about. Like Villains are just other but, adults who tell you wh- who are more likely to tell you what the world is like. That, that villains are just other adults that tell you what the world is like is just uh, has like that same energy of uh, rules or law- laws are just uh, threats from the ruling class. Yeah. Uh, I 
So like part of this, <laughs> I, I can ask Brendan. Um, I don't know. I I don't see how there's a world where some of this is also my masks isn't. I have a personal rejection. <laughs> so I have a personal beef that we've talked about in the past with progression in PBTA games because you almost always start the most specific your characters the, the most specific and unique your character is going to be, and then you take more advancements from your playbook and become more generic. And I know that that's not like explicitly true, <laughs> but it feels true and, to and me. It's, it's less true with a game that has a ton of supplementary yeah. books. You're right that when you start off and take the, the doomed is a terrible example, but when you're like a starting Janus, <laughs> yeah, and you have three moves versus an ending Janus that has five moves, you're more similar to yeah. all ending Januses. Uh, but you're right. That is that is a way that PBTA. Uh, that advancement in PBTA tends to move. Let me ask you this question. Let's stop talking about masks yeah. for a second. What is what would you say is the core advancement system in something like Urban Shadows that explicitly has two things that feel a lot like an advancement track? I mean, I think it has two advancements tracks. I, I don't know that one is more core to the other. Um, I think Urban Shadows is about gaining power in a lot of ways. Because, like, I think a lot of it is about looking at the world that you don't have control over and, like, working and fighting your way up to the point that you do have power. Mm -hmm. And, like, the corruption system kind of... Because Urban Shadows has both an advancement system and a corruption system. And the new one has an additional system, I think. Status, which is not... Status. It's not quite as... uh, It's not as robust, at least. It's a little harder to advance in. Okay. It has set Um, things, but yeah. It's about how mm. famous you are within your circle. Okay. Um, but so, like, let's just take the first two, right? Like, you're getting more powerful. You're, you're, finding, you're finding your abilities so that you can stand up for yourself and your, your folks. Uh, and then the corruption is like, hey, would you like an easy path? <laughs> it is interesting. I was, I was <laughs> reflecting on this the other day that um, you can, when you advance in urban shadows the advancements are take plus one to one of your statuses which has become more famous in another circle um take more moves like from your playbook or from another playbook change your circle which is an interesting one you can then Mm -hmm. add plus one to one of your circles but the thing that is not anywhere on this list is add one to your stats you cannot increase your stats through advancement the only okay. place that add plus one to your stats appears on the sheet is through corruption advancements. Oh, that's that's but that's really cool, yeah. right? Because like like just upgrading your stats is kind of taking a shortcut. It is, yeah, yeah. That's nice. Um, because I went, I went. Oh, I wonder, like, how would you get better? It's not how would you go better at, at doing things? How you go get better do things? <laughs> uh, James said to himself. <laughs> Uh, after yeah. a long, tired day of of questioning himself about games, the answer was take a shortcut through corruption. Yeah, and just just corrupt yourself. Yeah, I actually like double checked because I thought it was a typo. By because I, I, I have done a lot of personal uh, confusing of status and stats. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, I just checked some old versions of the game and like, hope it's intentional. That's fascinating. Are there um, 
are there moves that give you a stat bonus? Um, this is probably del- diving too <laughs> there deep. There are, yes. So, you, so some like the vamp has irresistible that gives you plus one to heart. Okay, so you've got like the option theoretically, but you kind of have to dig for it. Yeah, and it's not all of them. Like, I don't think they all have. Like, the sworn has one. Uh, I guess maybe maybe they all do have. Maybe they all have one, but it's all like I'm just it's go- all whatever's the most specific to them. Like, the- I'm just gonna pick and choose my moves explicitly to only raise my stats. The wizard doesn't. Um, the wolf well, not starting as the wizard. The wolf doesn't. Oh no! I can't play Urban Shadows because um, I can only play the wolf. The veteran doesn't. The Fae doesn't. The hunter doesn't. So it sounds like you couldn't like get a plus three in your st- like you couldn't keep adding stats because no. there's just not enough moves yeah. for them. There's only two advancements. So like if you're playing the okay. if you're I'm looking at the imp right now, which is one of the new yeah. playbooks in two E. I need to read it. It's so good. It's it's something that I think you would enjoy playing actually. Um, Except I can't play anything but the wolf. <laughs> um, the but there's only two advancements to add plus one. Okay. The imp is about playing a demon who has escaped from the demon circles and now runs a restaurant. <laughs> oh, that's really fun. Or like a, a, oh, no. a business of some sort. And it's and oh, it's like mini Nahual. <laughs> and it's a, and it's a and it's a, all about having uh, schemes. You have schemes to like to like in business stuff. Nice. Yeah, I love schemes. Yeah. Ladonia schemes looking good yeah, you have an establishment and you have schemes uh but anyway that's enough about that okay <laughs> let's not let's not get stuck too deep i just want to talk about a game that wasn't masks um so yeah i, I don't know I, I just it got me thinking about advancement and like what do games care about and like yeah and it was yeah. just because it's very interesting that like it got me thinking about pasión de las pasiones and how it's a game that cares about character interactions and drama and so you when you were doing that you leaned really hard into that and so a lot of the mechanics in the game are about that yeah and actually you know what i think i just found how you got connected to that uh thought (laughs) yeah because the original tweet i managed to pull up vidita's original tweet um a thing i didn't even try to do (laughs) it didn't even occur to uh, me uh what he was talking about was that Pasión de los Pasiones does not have a relationship meta currency. Yeah. And so that you don't get to go like, oh, I'll give them a bond or I'll take a bond from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, the only way that you, Vidicha has like a wild ability to like pull out exactly my design <laughs> intentions, which is like, it's like a little uncanny at times because conditions in, in conditions in masks and in passion are like a pressure valve, right? And uh, strings in monster hearts are a pressure valve. It's a way for you to go like, I don't want to do this thing, so instead I'll use this mechanic. Mm-hmm. And in passion, I said, no, no, you don't get strings, you don't get influence, you don't get any of these things. You do the thing right now, or you mark a condition. Mm. Uh and so, like, the, it's intentionally set up so that you can't avoid relationship consequences very long, but that when it really matters to you, and it's, like, really, like, a matter of your enjoyment of the game, you're able to avoid the, the relationship uh, stuff. Uh, so, by having that blank, by having that space, it shows an interest in the relationship thing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think that's what you were maybe seeing. Yeah. Is that by giving space, by having like a situation where like your your power level and stuff like that, your advancement as like you become like, instead of being Spider-Man, you're Spider-Man with the Iron Man suit. Like there's no, there's none of that, right? It doesn't care about that. Uh, and it makes the power advancement just like relatively simple that you just get a new thing and you move on because the game isn't about that. The game is about like, like there's much more mechanically going on when someone shifts your labels than there is when you advance. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's, that's how I think you got there. That's, that's, that makes sense. Yeah. I, cause I just, I like, I like the idea of thinking about, I mean, this gets back to like, Kevin Petker's like secret heart of your game type thing of like figure out what your game is about and then mechanize that and don't fall into like mm-hmm. the 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 trap of me- like and I think this is something we've talked about probably a long time ago at this point but like a lot of people fall into the when they're writing a PBTA game of just doing a lot of the things that PBT game PBTA games do because it's yeah. what PBTA games do and like yeah. don't just don't just do that like find the thing that your game is about and then mechanize that exclusively. And exactly. And then that will be the way to make them. That will be the way to advance and make the most powerful version of your game possible. Yeah. <laughs> Roll credit. Which is why when I was writing, when, when I, when I, when I continue <laughs> to write a space between, uh, I removed the cup of tea and ice mechanic because it wasn't core to the point of the game. Um, okay. Oh yeah, I remember that was. A, remember, that was remember, a remember weird four years mechanic. ago when a space machine used ice, actual real ice, and a hot beverage as its core game mechanic, and not questions about time that had passed. That is. Sometimes I think about like different pathways our games could have taken. Yeah. And just go like, man. Passion was almost like a Baron von Munchausen style GMless game. Yeah. Yeah. The space between was almost finished. And instead <laughs> so, I've taken So it was Passion <laughs> and then we did developmental editing. Instead I've yeah, I've taken on a different path. Uh, developmental editing is awesome and excellent and you should definitely do it, but it might show enormous issues in your book that make you have to I don't know what that fix is. and rewrite what, what a bunch of stuff. Oh, dev editing is like when you have a game designer read your game, like read your book mm-hmm. to see like, does this make sense for someone to play the game as? Okay. Right. Like, so in- instead of like, is your grammar right? Does this sentence sound good? It's like, it's going like quality control. Is this a game that can be played mm-hmm. without living inside of your mind? And, uh, that is something that, uh, certain chapters I've done well on and certain chapters I have not. And so it's good that there's a process. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's 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 something I still have not hit with a space between because I am the only one who has ever facilitated that game because the rules largely exist only in my head, uh, and I make them up every time. So I I get it. There's like there's like seven different games that I've written enough of in my mind that I could run the game. You know, like yeah. I could give someone a piece of paper, I could tell them what to write down, I could run the game start to finish. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't I can't, I can't sell that mm. or put it on itch. Could it's just a little bit harder. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
hire me to GM a game for you that you know nothing about because it only exists well, in I my head. I definitely don't have time for that. <laughs> I will fly to wherever you are. You're going to pay for my my airplane ticket. <laughs> and I will run for you a game that is a unique game because it exists only in my head and only for <laughs> one instant. It's, a, it's, a, it's basically a game NFT. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I won't actually run the game for you, but you will be able to tell everyone that I ran the game for you. Uh, yeah. <sighs> NFTs, man. Uh, everyone can have this podcast in their podcast feed. No one can own it. Man, I beg to differ. People can't own things. <laughs> Let me tell you about the concept of owning things. It's fake. Uh, and, and it's doubly fake when it comes to ideas. So, that's my... We're a gaming podcast. Okay, yeah. That have really good ideas. Um, uh, hey, I had a... So, anyway. <laughs> that was... I had a weird... Um, this, sorry, just one last... This has sort of been in the opening of the podcast. Let's just go... Everyone pretend like the podcast didn't just go for 45 minutes. Um, pretend like this is no, the beginning. No, because we've got to record for another hour. <laughs> pretend like this is the beginning of the podcast i realized recently one of the things that my brain bounces off about with fate uh and this is gonna be here's my extreme narrow cast uh uh hot take which is that the problem with fate aspects and stunts is that fate aspects and stunts are just like okrs if you have ever done an okr as part of your job Aspects are its objectives and key results. OKR is short for uh, okra, no. which is a kind of green. OKRs are objectives and key results, and it's a, a way in which you're supposed to be able to drive your business forward in an intelligent way, where you say, what are my objectives, and then what are the key results that I know that I'm progressing in that way? But every time I have done them, I have felt like, okay, well, I know what we should be doing, but there aren't any really easy... Um, uh, key results that like you can just grab to because like the things that we want are not measurable um <laughs> and and so then you end up writing backwards from key results and that's how i feel about stunts <laughs> in fate as i've done another round of character creation in fate where like i just can't i haven't like figured out a way to make them make sense that i don't bounce off of um and i end up writing weird stunts that fit with Me mechanically in the game but aren't things that my character would do because they were mm. the best thing that I could come up with like I know the things that my character would do but I can't codify it in the same way that I yeah. struggle to codify key results to the objectives I want yeah I did not get the uh, okra situation <laughs> but uh, I do understand that concern about fate yeah it's interesting yeah I don't, I don't know there's there's a weird um hominess to fate i i've played it a bunch now and it feels familiar and easy to use but stunts are still a piece that feel like they should be easy to use but uh i think they're being pitched wrong in the game as part of it i think i don't know i tried something very different and weird with this fate character mechanically um we'll see if it works <laughs> i'll report back okay i'm doing please some do, field because... reporting Someday I'm going to play a game of fate that I understand what I'm doing. Probably not. Uh, probably not. Maybe. Maybe. I, I know a lot of people that really like fate and I don't want to 
like dunk on fate or dunk on them. It just different games for different brains. Yeah. So James, yeah, as you know, I am always trying to write a D and D that works for me. Yeah. Uh, and I've come up with a dice system that I like. You and everybody else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, ev- everybody in the world's working on it to try to make a D and D that works for them. Uh, any most people listening to this show. Uh, realize that that D&D is not going to be published by Wizards of the Coast. Yep. Uh, but certainly no one is playing Rules as Written anywhere. Most of those people are people who play D&D who go, gee, I wish there was a version of this game that worked for me. Too bad there's only this one game. <laughs> well, there's always Pathfinder. <laughs> yeah. Which is just this game again with a different yeah, name. Uh, I've heard Pathfinder 2 is different, mm. but I haven't done the research to verify that. That's... Uh, fifth ed- I have fourth had that edition, same status. Right? What? So <laughs> when you <laughs> sorry, I have totally dragged us off topic here. But when you <laughs> when you go from not 3.5, is the next step to not fourth edition? I kind of think it might be. I like legitimately I think that they <laughs> maybe made not fourth edition. But anyway, <laughs> stop dragging anyway. Pathfinder. I will stop getting myself yelled at. Uh tell me about your dice thing. So, uh, I have been thinking that I want to have like a, that I want to, to play around with a system that lets me do like some high fantasy stuff and lets me do something like a little different, a little weird that like is combat-y, mm-hmm. right? Like I want to do combat-y stuff. I don't want to do math-y stuff. Is this part of your, uh, Three Musketeers game? It might be. Who knows? <laughs> it's that or it's Tower Shield or something. Um... I for I have this heartbreaker inside yeah. of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rad crawl. Welcome yeah. to the rad oh, dome. Oh boy. Yeah. Um. But here is my current thought because I want to like make it feel D and D ish. You've got your like three d six or forty six drop one or whatever. You've got your like three to eighteen stats, right? And those work as roll unders. And the main way that that abilities interact with stuff is giving you more dice so that you never need to do any math ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like those. Uh, and so, like, if you've got a strength of 15, then you roll the dice. If you get a 10 minus, cool, that was a weak success. If you get an 11 to 14, cool, that's a strong success. If you get a 15 exactly, that's a crit. Uh, if you're especially good at this thing, because you've got some ability that makes you especially good at this thing, awesome. You roll two dice. Mm-hmm. If you're especially good even above that, you roll three. Uh, and those die rolls get to be used to do the thing you're doing. And so it might like make your effect bigger. Uh, if it doesn't make sense for that, then you can use it like, uh, like um, Genesis dice that like you're getting like uh basically like booms yeah, yeah, and stuff like yeah. that and if that doesn't make sense then you can use it to do the effect again so like you're going into combat you're like i'm gonna attack with my sword i roll 40 20 because i'm super good at it and i get three successes cool i attack that guy attack that guy attack that guy no math <laughs> that's no counting i was interestingly enough i was thinking about d20 pools recently 
I'm I'm kind of into it because everyone has D20s. Yeah, and yeah, like, that's exactly the thought process. Everyone likes their D20s. Um, you know who it was? It was it was Q, uh, quintessential gaming okay. was saying that um, they had never jived with Quest because it's just a yeah. flat roll. You're always just rolling a D20, and so I thought, yeah. well, what if you what if you assigned your character things that they are good at, like not not stats, but like. What if you came up with not and not aspects, but what there was some game where like one of those really free form games we played early on, um, where you just like list out the things that you can do and then you build a dice pool out of that. Wushu. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what if you did that and then every time something came up, you just like added another D twenty if one of your skills was yeah. relevant. <laughs> and then you just rolled yeah. like five or six D twenties. And then like you just get the result. Mm-hmm. No math. Yeah. And so I'm like super into this idea. I think it's going to be super, super fun because it lets you like there's so much of the fantasy genre that is like the swordsman going out and fighting 20 people at once. And there's like systems that let you do that. But most of them are either like ridiculously light or ridiculously crunchy. Yeah. And like this could be a thing that like you go out and you're like, all right, there's. 20 people in this room and you go all right i took out four of them Mm. and my stats mattered and my roles mattered and could we done can we can we write this game as a what as this game is to quest what pathfinder was to D &D. oh my gosh (laughs) it might it's it's a little like that isn't it it's a little like that the way that I've been kind of conceptualizing it is what it feels like to watch D and D being played on a TV show. Mm-hmm. So like that's you see the weird. kids playing. I love that. That's so good. <laughs> but like that's what I want D and D to feel like, right? Yeah. Uh, that you like you roll like you roll dice and like in no D D encounter ever has someone like been up against the boss and they rolled once and it's like yeah they're defeated take that demogorgon yeah 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 uh and like that's what it should feel like yeah the problem never mind i'm not gonna drag another group of people i don't know anything about um yeah there's yeah there's um hmm i wonder if you could now i'm really on the, the idea of like could you make a game that makes could you make a game that makes no sense like could you codify that the game could you codify enough rules around a game or around a dice rolling mechanic so that what you do yeah. is a guided experience of doing what the kids on stranger things do where they just go Oh look! I'm gonna do this thing. Roll some meaningless set of dice, and then interpret a result out of it that has nothing to do with the dice as much as some other set of rules that guides that, so that it looks like you're playing D and D, but you're not. Yeah, you like uh, what determines what determines success is like how invested the other players are. Yeah, you look around and everyone's excited. That means it's a crit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, but yeah, so so that's uh, th- there's no time to talk no, about no, this. No. Maybe we'll come back on that because uh, I want to. I want to. Yeah, I there's. We should play Quest. That's a whole other thing. But we should play Quest. I really want to run Quest for you guys. 
I, I would love to play it at some point. Like my only requirement as I am building this other game is that there cannot be math. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I do not want any ability that says, like, it raises your DC by two. Like, you know, no. No. You've got your stats that you're rolling. And, like, the you maybe you point by at the beginning. Maybe. Maybe mm. you assign at the beginning. Feels like math. Assigning at the beginning feels best. But then you just roll all of your pretty uh, plastic candy and you mm. see which ones are under. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Um, if we have deeply offended you this week, this month, please write in to us at, uh, at Stop, Hack, and Roll on Twitter or individually I am at and the Meltdowns. And I'm at B. Leon Gambetta. You can find all of our episodes in iTunes, Spotify, or at www.stopackandroll.com. We make. I should make some playlists about some of our games. I shouldn't because it'll show off some of our old episodes. How badly, we haven't published. Yeah. Um, yeah. We make this podcast with the support of our very forgiving Patreon backers, people like Michael Bowman, Benj, TP Huth. Uh, Nicholas Arudi, Rich Howard, Refined Ursine, Alice Kira, David Gibb, Sean Knight, and Spencer Austin. If you'd like to help us support the show uh, and all of our future shows, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash stophackandroll. If you can't support us financially, support our community by becoming a part of it. Come tell us about the games you're working on and uh, about the D&D heartbreaker that lives inside your heart. Join our Discord at tinyurl.com slash shrdiscord or discord.stopbackandroll.com. When you are standing in a cave across from the what the shape and form of what you know must be the fantasy heartbreaker that's inside you, reach deep into the bag of all of your dice, pull out whatever of them fit in your hand and roll them all. Uh, and don't forget to stop, hack, and roll. Roll.